0: Hi, I'm Armand Nassim, the writer-creator of Lost Magic, and uh, you can uh, uh, please support my Kickstarter campaign. It has eight days left uh, at uh, lostmagiccomic.com. Again, it's lostmagiccomic.com, or you can go on Kickstarter and find Lost Magic, and uh, today I'm excited uh, to go on Two Geeks Talking with Kurt.
1: Good morning, afternoon, evening, everyone. Two Geeks Talking is an entertainment industry interview show where we interview the creative people from the comic, film, TV, movie, and video game industries. And of course, I'm your host, Kurt Sasso. We're joined today by a very talented comic creator. He is a... Well, and I'm going to say new comic creator because he's new to the show. So we're going to go that route. <laughs> he is also uh, referred to, Two Geeks Talking by, of course, Snopa Publishing. And of course, Sam Quentin knows. So thanks so much, Sam. I greatly appreciate that. We're joined today by the ever talented Armand Nassim. How are you doing today, Armand?
0: Hi, guys. Uh, I'm doing great.
1: Starting a Kickstarter campaign is a heck of a way to start off a comic career. But for those that don't know anything about yourself as a creative person, and of course, the project you're. Putting together and, and and gear making, tell us what it's all about. The
0: way I'm labeling myself in this new year is as as a writer. I really want to double down and focus on this this year and really build off a lot of works that and projects that I've had in my mind and floating around for the for at least the last uh, year or over a year now. Uh, you know, I'm a writer based in New York. I'm also a comedian. My past in writing has heavily revolved around uh, screenwriting. Uh, films, short films, sitcoms, and I made a bunch of stuff, uh, and it's all on my website, uh, armandasim.com. After I graduated from college, I really wanted to take a dive in and create kind of more content and things like that. Now I'm my arms in a, you know, a few different uh, projects, but you know, I I'm currently do like a prank channel on YouTube. Just kind of diversifying and trying to uh, really just get get more content out there. And uh, build upon you know a foundation to connect, to try to get you know more of a fan base and more of uh, just the synergies between all my projects. And one of the things I really wanted to jump into was you know after the pandemic happened and just shooting really stopped, people really stopped going out and I had so much creative energy. And what I wanted to do was take all this and really dive into like a new medium, which I really kind of just fell in love with you know the art of comic books and, and the way that you can tell stories through it after reading uh, monstrous by Marjorie Liu, I was like, I I really want, this is something I really want to do, you know, and I can do it. You know, she kind of showed that, you know, you definitely can do this and it it really opened my eyes to this kind of uh, genre and world and even medium um, that I didn't otherwise expect I would ever kind of uh, do Uh, fast forward a year. uh, You know, I, I feel like I'm ready. You know, we have, I, I just put together this first, Uh, issue first season, and I I decided that I, you know, kind of just wanted to launch it on on Kickstarter, you know, I was, whether or not I was prepared, you know, whether or not I was going to fail, I thought there was a pretty good chance I was going to fail going into it uh, uh, in in the new year, but I kind of, uh, I didn't want to overthink it really, kind of just wanted to do it, enter the community, Um, and I actually, I think Sam uh, Quinton was one of the first people that I kind of uh, met and talked to. On, in the Kickstarter community because he launched on the same day as me in the same genre and I thought that was just like uh, hilarious and he's been a great resource and kind of like a, like a mentor and always open to a- asking my questions you know, and answering any questions I had about kind of how, how the industry works and how you know Kickstarters
1: work and stuff. All of that is great information but we have to talk about the comic obviously because yeah. realistically this is what you're trying to promote and yeah. from what I've seen it's a it looks like it's a beautiful comic, first off. It's a great action. I, I love the writing and everything along that line as well, too, from what I've briefly seen. And it's a great video, by the way, too. Like the Kickstarter video was really well done. So I really enjoyed that. But that, that and, and for me as as a, as a, not only an interviewer, but also as a comic reader myself, if I don't see a good video on a Kickstarter campaign, I'm not really going to support it. So talk about. Lost Magic, this particular comic, and, and how it came about.
0: Absolutely. So, so Lost Magic, it's an all-ages fantasy horror comic. You know, thirty-six pages, full color, and, and I like to say that it lets the reader's imagination really just run wild with, with magic, monsters, and mystery. The main story in this first issue, there are no, there are no main characters. It jumps. It jumps from characters' PO view, uh, PO point of views, and there are six uh, main stories in this uh in this first episode and uh they're all inhabiting this world they're all living in this world at the same time that these events are happening and we get to see different uh, perspectives and uh, their point of views again how how they react to things happening around them they all have to make choices about uh, you know which uh communities they want to join basically how they kind of want to move forward after things happen, the world in this in this world, you know, it was a world that used to be bursting with magic, the lost world, and then magic just mysteriously starts dying, and then now these characters have to kind of uh, not only figure out what's happening, they kind of have to decide how they want to move forward because magic in this in this world kind of can mean a lot of things, but you know, it's it's something that's innate in everybody. It's something that they've always had. It, you know, it manifests differently in each of their bodies and kind of. Um, how they uh, interact with this world and with each other, the fact that it starts, they start losing some of it, you know, that they kind of uh, have to now decide, do they want to go forward without magic? Do they kind of want to bring magic back? And how, how do they go about doing that? So that's the main story uh, in this first book. And I thought the easiest way to kind of let a reader grasp onto it was to kind of have this idea of a looming war going on, but with uh, two sides and people can choose kind of, oh, you're not really, you know, there's no good and bad side here. It's kind of just like um, a a divide in the community, a schism in actually, you know, the world, the the lost world that um, a a rising king wants to build the first civilization, you know, without magic. He wants technology and invention. And this rebellion kind of rises up saying, no, we want chaos and power the way it's always been. Uh, We want our magic. And so, yes, that's kind of the, the, really what this first issue is about. It's kind of excited for people to kind of jump in into the world and i i'm giving it away for one dollar for the full digital copy just because i want no reason for anybody to not jump in
1: great price point to start off too yeah for only a dollar you can read this amazing comic yes i love it you said you're a writer a creative person and everything along that line you went on to jump into comics earlier on looking at this comic itself and, and this world that you've created, what did you draw from that inspired you to create this world?
0: Everything from my past um, that I've, you know, video games, uh, TV shows, uh, movies, you know, the, the biggest ones that come to mind are, are Game of Thrones, uh, you know, The Witcher or The Rings, Harry Potter. I mean, there's there's so many more kind of in between. Like, really, I want to tell stories of characters that I never actually got to see in those uh you know massive you know blockbusters almost i didn't want to really focus on these grandiose characters you know there, there is a king in this in this story but you know all the characters will revolve in their relation and connection to the king and we get to kind of see how these characters uh how, how they view what's happening in the world and not so much how the king views what's happening in the world i think that's more important to kind of get these not really side characters but more interesting characters that haven't been seen before in their stories and try to share how they can kind of react in worlds and be just as interesting, almost just as powerful and moving and relatable. Uh, I think relatability was a, a big point of trying to make in this book that all the characters are like
1: relatable. Characters then are obviously a great point to start because if you don't have characters, then you've just basically designed a painting. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> looking at the characters you want to represent in your comic itself, And we'll talk about who you've worked with as well too uh, after this. But who are some of the characters that you created that maybe you haven't seen in other genres? I want to
0: say the the people. It's like the knight who used to be one of the the first character I think introduced is like the the knight who used to be the king's best friend back in the day, and that was a short time. You know, he was only like they were only friends during the war when he won. You know, his kingdom, and now you know they've kind of haven't talked in decades really just to show like what happens like after, you know, after all the glory and things like that, what happens, uh, you know, he, and he's been kind of left behind by the King, but he still has some loyalty and some good memories Taking like that. And like a new dreading and kind of seeing where, like how he still lives his life, you know, in his kingdom, you know, and kind of uh, doing that there's also like a a really crazy character you know who's a girl who kind of just who walks through dreams everybody in the kind of world has their own unique not only backstory but you know characteristic you know magic and the way that they're they're seeing this world i think every single character presents a new way to kind of jump into this world because they're jumping into it you know they're in it as well um and they all feel differently about it
1: then the names of These particular characters obviously are are important because naming something, you know, gives it power and gives it a a sense of of belonging in the world that you've created. And you said you had six six chapters, six stories rather that are all separate that are interconnected, which is great. I, I love those types of long form stories because you always read and see something different as you reread. So that's always wonderful to see talking about the names of your characters. Then what are some of their names and, and how did you come up with them?
0: Oh, uh, rain and Riley are twins. Uh, you know, there was a Jacor who is uh, an explorer. Uh, a lot of times I kind of named them after like really close friends of mine's and a lot of times I kind of just wanted it just fantastical names. That I kind of uh, saw from other languages, loved like the, the ideas of what their meaning was. Jumped around all different types of cultures, from Greek uh, to Latin to kind of Native American to even in the Middle East and things like that, just trying to jump around to see like really names that kind of stuck out at me, uh, jumped off the page, and also had like some deeper meaning. So if you, if you really want it, they kind of Google their name, you know, or in the glossary, uh, just kind of say what their name kind of means. It could just have like a deeper, uh, you know, level of uh, meaning.
1: There's obviously random name generators that can come with some crazy combinations, obviously, as well, too, <laughs> I'm sure. But I don't think it would have as much of a personal meaning as it did for you and your character. What was an early experience where you learned that language had power? Back when
0: I was at, back in high school and college, I used to write a lot of poetry and uh, and even I was editor-in-chief of my school newspaper and It was my first introduction into kind of, you know, writing and and using words. And I think it really, uh, it focused me on, uh, especially poetry, like short form, uh, trying to get the point across in a flowery way, like, like using language that was interesting, but, you know, was very concise and it painted a vivid picture and, you know, got in. And it left and it was still in your head, you know, and I think that was uh, a big thing about it. And and then in when I was in part of my school newspaper, it really taught me the psychology of of almost like marketing or, or why people read things and how to grab people's attention. And even more so than the writing, it was like the design aspect of, of the newspaper that really taught me kind of in a, that I use today. You know, I did all the design of Lost Magic, myself and the lettering. And it, it really taught me, you know, it started there kind of how do you get people to kind of read uh, you know, through a page, like how where did their eyes go, like why, why do they choose an article versus another article on the page and also just kind of getting it out there and asking people to read. I think those, those, those things kind of started there and kind of evolved over time. And and I've just grown
1: since then. Yeah. Do you believe in writer's block? Not, not do you have writer's block? Do you believe in writer's block?
0: i I believe that a lot of people you know talk about having it. I think that you know I've never had it in the sense that i I feel like more so than being blocked. I just really don't have the time uh you know it's more of a time thing for me because uh, every time I do sit down, I've always have so much things rumbling around my head, and i I don't write it down until I think it's you know kind of ready and formed from my head. I do kind of believe people other people have it. Um, but for me I, it never kind of bothered me because uh, again I, it's not like I'm writing every day I'm kind of just writing when I kind of have this you know great idea that I can't get out of my head that I think is the, is the missing piece in my story from there uh, when I sit down and write it I'm already like so excited and amped up that I, you know I think that I just kind of just go crazy and, and finish writing it um, and then I won't do, it, won't do it again until I get like the same urge and, or the same excitement for the next part
1: What was the hardest scene for you to write in this book?
0: In this first one, I would say it would be, there was a scene in the fifth episode, um, and it was about this, this girl who's dreaming. I think it really elevates the story and its wildness. I wanted it to be like that. I wanted the reader to feel a certain way to really kind of know that this story is probably unlike anything they've seen before. I mean, if they couldn't already tell from, from all the, you know, uh, switches uh, the episodes and the point of views and even the narration switches, you know, I want to create this, this this big, big world that people can jump into. And I and I think that was that kind of really opened up uh, the entire world, you know, this lost world in this in this book. And I think I wanted it to be kind of like, you know, per, you know, kind of like that little thing that people can latch onto and kind of remember. To a large extent a lot of these stories i had to kind of really envision first in my head and kind of where i wanted to take it and if i could see it then my artist could see it and then my uh, and then the reader could see it so I, I wanted to make sure that I really fully understood what I kind of wanted in my head first.
1: Well, obviously, you have to have a team when it comes to this, unless you, you're doing the artwork yourself, then you know, you're know you a solo indie creator as it is. But who's the other people that you've had working on this this series? Absolutely. So Martin um, Knows,
0: he's the pencil anchor, and he was the first person, uh, you know, obviously, that, that I, I really connected with. We talked about his art uh, first before I even wrote any part of the story. And I connected with his artwork and, and and what the movie was creating. And I kind of told him exactly kind of what I wanted for this for this world and this kind of sandbox that we'd be building together. And he was super excited about it. And he wanted to do it. It was an like abstract artwork that really let your imagination kind of run wild and fill in the blanks. You know, I wanted readers to be able to, to, to see these characters in this abstract art so that this lost world could, could really take form in their minds. You know, I think he did it very well and he understood the, you know, the, the fantasy aspect of it, but also the horror aspect of it and kind of the monster designs and what he was able to do there was just, you know, amazing. And then I started writing the first episode and the second episode, and then we, we kind of went one by one. Um, but the first moment I sat down with him, I told him I wanted to do, you know, six, six issues here. You know, I wanted to do six seasons. And uh, I gave him a roadmap, uh, you know, on the very first episode uh, because I kind of wanted to see the, the bigger picture and the exact story I wanted to tell so he could kind of, you know, we could kind of work our way together to get there.
1: The collaborative effort that you've had with, of course, your, your artist here, what did you have to edit out of the book then?
0: Uh, yeah, enter, enter late and then leave early. You know, I really mm-hmm. wanted people to kind of want to stay in these stories more. I think that, you know, that's more powerful. A lot's happening, so uh, you know, almost like snippets in their in their lives, and you're kind of jumping in, and you're getting the, like a real feel for them, and then you're kind of leaving when things are maybe get, just getting excited, and maybe things, you know, but we're getting to see like big events happening as they unfold and the reactions before or after it happens, you know, and then we're, we're kind of filling in the blanks in again our minds, like oh man, what just happened? Like what's going to happen next? What are they going to do? First character i actually wrote and i got super excited about for this a girl named talia who has uh, the p- ability to move uh, tattoo ink on her skin and then she can actually her magic is that she can actually pull out those tattoos and use them as physical objects you know kind of tangible objects in the in the, in the real world or in this lost world around her and then i kind of just decided that what I, what would probably be best for this kind of stories i wanted her you know she's only in one panel i think the entire first episode but you know you can feel her presence you can you can really feel that you know the entire episode is kind of centered around her and it really uh you can just feel her presence throughout the entire scene and that carries over i think through a lot of the characters uh in in all the episodes because maybe you don't get enough time with them but you get you get the sense of kind of who they are and who, and how they kind of feel about their adventure and where they're at in their adventure so i would say that a lot of things that we're now kind of were in the story of boarding phase and like what kind of uh, where which characters inter- interacting actually in the scene uh, versus which character kind of left out um just trying to get to like the like the, the moment you know, the juicy moment in each kind of thing and then kind of just uh, leaving wanting, wanting with the readers wanting more
1: looking at your script then from a writer's perspective obviously you've planned everything out which is great for this first first season here as well was there an interaction that you wrote down on the page that when you finally saw the artwork for it you were like man this is better than i expected
0: every single page here <laughs> um <laughs> i would say that uh the, the first the, the first episode kind of really blew me away as to what was possible uh because it was the first it was the first uh, pages that i you know ever got back i would say uh from martin and um maybe in comics in general So when I first saw those first few pages and uh, the way the characters were finally interacting, you know, kind of really enlivened in my head what, you know, was possible in this world. And, you know, I really want more people to see it. Um, At the very end, I got very excited when like two of the, you know, one of the strong, you know, at the episode six, we finally see, uh, you know, the King's council almost. And I was very excited to write that because these are like two high profile people um, in the world. And they're gonna, they're you know, characters you're gonna hear a lot about because everybody knows them versus characters that maybe not, nobody really knows in this world yet. Um, I'm talking about like the actual, you know, people living in the world. Um, so notoriety and fame in this world kind of mattered. You know, it's interesting to think about. And then we're having like the King's uh, greatest warrior and leader of the army uh, and his his like the smartest person in the world almost. And she's actually the last of her kind. She has all these secrets in her head, uh, you know. Her, you know, her culture and her people kind of got a, got extinct. Having them kind of meet and was like a very special thing to write because I was like, oh man, like these these guys are, uh, what kind of their tone, what they kind of how they feel about each other, and how they kind of view this world is gonna really show a pe- a lot of people like what um, what the world's a lot like a lot of times like what it's about. Much like in Game of Thrones, uh, Varys and Littlefinger would always have, uh, in my opinion, the best kind of oh, yeah. conversations. You know, this is kind of the same thing that I was kind of trying to emulate there. Because, you know, these are guys who who probably want the throne, will never get it. But uh, they, you know, they kind of uh, see a lot and they kind of know a lot.
1: Is there anything I haven't touched upon that you'd like to showcase to those that are watching or listening to this interview?
0: Uh, no. If if anything sounded interesting to you about Lost Magic so far, please check it out. Uh, you know, Kurt said he liked the trailer. I, you know, I I really uh, delved deep and spent time doing that trailer. I even did the voiceover of that trailer, which uh, I wasn't sure how that was going to go, but it was it was fun to do, and I I really enjoyed uh, making that. Please check it out.
1: At what point are we good enough? I think you're good
0: enough the moment you, you decide to kind of jump right into it and kind of allow yourself and give yourself permission to kind of uh, to, to, to kind of do something uh, that you otherwise, you know, that you've never done before. Not letting things hold you back to some extent. You know, everybody has, you know, good days and bad days and, and reasons why maybe they can't do things. But I would say the moment that, you know, for me, it was it was really just being like, I want to start something new. And then just doing it and just jumping right into it, not really worrying or overthinking it. Because of course, you know, I did, since my first Kickstarter, my first comic book, um, when am I going to kind of be good enough of, you know, a writer or a comic creator? I think I'm pretty good right now because it was tough to make that decision to kind of jump right into it. Um, whereas I probably wouldn't have done it, you know, a few months ago, I think. Uh, even though if everything was ready and I, I, you know, I've been kind of sitting on this you know, this first issue for, 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 a few, you know, maybe a few months now. And I was like, what do I want to do? With it? What do I want to do? And then I was, uh, I just, I just kind of just slept into it. There's not really a time uh, for when you're good enough. It's more of a mindset. It's like more of a mindset adjustment and kind of just uh, only you can kind of allow yourself to kind of take that next step and, and allow yourself to be good enough. I would say.
1: What's the wisest thing that you've heard someone say to you that has stuck with you in your career?
0: You don't have to do everything by yourself. I've been told this a while ago, but I never really kind of believed it, you know, because I would say that I would have to kind of do everything myself. You know, people tell me that I'm like the most ambitious person they've ever met, and you know I take pride in that. but you know the drawback to that is that you know I really don't allow people to kind of help and and kind of just jump in after kind of launching this Kickstarter, you know there's a great community there that 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 really has helped me in ways that you know I didn't even think was possible and I don't know how long it would take me to to learn these things that they're telling me on day one, things that maybe, you know, months and years down the line, I don't know when I would have known. I would say it's allowing people, you don't have to do it by yourself. You know, there's people out there who will help you and you don't have to really look too far to kind of find those people. And, and yeah, it's just like, uh, there are people out there willing to help and, uh, and yeah, you just gotta, gotta find them.
1: What's one thing everyone should do in their life? I would say something everybody should do is they should travel
0: to like a, I feel like it's more again, mindset, but they should travel to a different place that they're not used to probably by themselves. Uh, whether it's a different city for a few months or a different country for a few weeks, study abroad, uh, you know, a new college, when you're going to college, make sure you go like out, try to go to a different state, uh, not where your friends are going. Try to try to have a new experience. Where you're really forced to kind of not only introduce yourself but reinvent yourself almost in a way that really allows you to free yourself from you know what happened in you know, kind of the past who you used to be versus how you want to be going forward and you can really um, always do this no matter where you are but it's i find it's a lot easier and it's more natural if, if you go and outside your comfort zone outside your actual local community and you kind of start start again um in a new setting and i think that's always uh something that i would Tell a lot of people to do because it really breaks you off from your pattern of what you're doing, who you are, and really drops you in and allows you to kind of make new friends, meet new people, have new experiences that you otherwise would not have had before. Um, and whether they're good or bad, you know, that's, I don't think that really matters. I think what matters is that you're taking that step to kind of... So have you
1: reinvented yourself?
0: Oh, many times. I like to say I, I keep reinventing myself. Uh, even just this year, you know, I, I'm deciding to become double down and focus on my writing Building an audience and a fan base, whereas before I never uh, really saw myself doing that. Uh, even though it's something I wanted to do, I just never gave enough time and effort and resources to doing it. I've done it, you know, multiple times in the past when, when I when, again, when I was trying to uh, do com- a lot of comedy stuff uh, versus uh, you know doing a lot of uh, business things. Think like even just getting hair, getting like a like a crazy new haircut. You know, I think even even that kind of. just uh, resets yourself and, and ready for more. There was a time actually, like right in college, at the end of college, where I, I kind of just took body, bodybuilding really seriously. And I was, uh, I, I gained like 20 pounds of muscle, you know, and then, uh, you know, just, just stuff like that. Like, it sounds like a simple, but it really changes oh, what you think is kind of possible and, and what you think of yourself, that, you know, yes, I had that experience. And whether it's a new, even a new job that you didn't think it would take, like, like just taking these, uh, as many experiences as you can.
1: Taking a chance is always scary at first but can be rewarding as well.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Everyone has one person that inspired them on their path to where they are today. Who was that for you?
0: You know, there there's there, there so many back in uh, back in business school that I was kind of just drawn to their, you know, in, enigmatic personas and kind of how they were able uh, to get past, you know, adversity and and all the things in their life, you know, it feels too simple to kind of say like Steve Jobs and all these great people who kind of changed the world and really showed you what's possible coming from from almost nothing, you know, these, it's not even a rags to riches story. It's like his impact on the world, you know, not even monetary wise, just, to, it was just kind of so, so far reaching and life changing. And then you have a, kind of, for me, seeing really what was possible in not only, uh, you know, one, Kind of a lane in business, but also like all of these different fields that I'm currently kind of uh, trying to, you know, start out in, uh, kind of seeing where everybody kind of started. Bill Burr is pretty inspirational, kind of seeing where he started versus where he is now and how the grind never really stops and fame doesn't really change who you are. Um, and then I kind of see that when you kind of really like want, like want something that's kind of the only thing that really matters you know because you can be kind of successful in in any in anything like literally in any area that you want like there's somebody at the kind of top who kind of started from nothing and you can kind of invent your own areas and verticals and lanes that kind of really stuck with me as I kind of proceeded you know through through the last few years after kind of graduating uh from school like what what do I want to do next um it it came back to what are these people like these guys that I kind of Uh, motivated me like when I was really drawn to what they were able to do what did they do you know what did what did they do Were they just as unsure as I was and the answer is yes it's really like the the story of how people kind of kind of rise and kind of uh, are all you know kind of in it together in the sense that you know we all experience the same things of uncertainty and and things like that basically doing what you want you know I've kind of realized lately that people just do whatever they want and that that's good, you know. It is a good, you know. It's it's a fine thing to, to just be, be okay um, doing what you want, you know. As long as uh, you're doing what makes you happy, that's kind of what people are, are, are mostly care about, you know. If if they care at all, people people inspire me, right? Or, or one person who inspired me, I would say I would say it would probably be kind of Steve Jobs to kind of open kind of the world to me of, of what was uh, possible and kind of just going at it.
1: From a professional perspective, you've created a comic book. You are a content creator and a film producer and all-around talented person in many different creative endeavors here. Thank you, thank you. So, <laughs> so from a professional perspective, you you are successful. But do you consider yourself personally successful?
0: Yes, and it's something that I'm I'm, I'm starting to get rid of labels in in this kind of new year was was something I was looking at I was like how do I find myself you know outside of my you know regular job or what I've done in the past how would I kind of uh label myself to somebody I'm kind of meeting for the first time in the future what do I want them to think I am or what do I want to be and how and kind of how do I get there like I want to kind of introduce myself as a writer first I do think that's what, what I do um, more so than, you know, what my kind of day job is or even what I uh, spend time doing in the past. Even though I've done multiple different things. How do you define yourself? How do you kind of label yourself? Being personally successful, there, there's really no separate to it. Like people make up these separations in their mind. So really all the same thing. And again, it comes back to do what you want to do, kind of makes you kind of happy, uh, you know, because happiness, it's, it's not a thing that kind of, you know, it has its ups and downs. It's like hunger. It's an emotion, right? Uh, you can expect to always be kind of happy doing one thing, but you can kind of, uh, you kind of know what's going to more times than not make you happy. And I think that's kind of just you kind of just do that. And you kind of just do what you want, um, and make your own choices and decisions. So I would say that I am personally successful, um, because of all the things that I've kind of learned and where I got to, uh, to kind of finally jump, uh, into, to doing what I wanted and also, you know, I don't see it as a separate thing from being personally, professionally successful and personally successful. I would combine all of it as to being like who I am. And that's kind of, and I like who I
1: am. The reverse of success is failure. How do you deal with your failure?
0: Um, I take them as learning opportunities. Uh, I, I don't know, I I failed so many times in the past that now it doesn't even uh, kind of phase me, you know, and it's something that I, I learned and Gary Vee preaches this a lot that you, you should fail because that's how, you, that's how you learn. But it also means that, you know, you kind of tried for something. Uh, you kind of tried for something big and then you can kind of rework re- your way um, into, in, into success. You don't know uh, how people are going to come, come back from after being knocked down, uh, even though they say they're going to be super successful and, you know, and, and, and do things and do whatever they want. Um, when when something hits them and it roadblocks them or stops them, it's like, are they just going to kind of quit? Are they going to bail out on it? Are they going to kind of pick themselves back up? Are they going to continue? But even if they continue, or do they know how to pivot? Do they know how to adapt the situation? so they know how to kind of uh, explore new areas and tackle it in a, in a different perspective? Do they know how to ask for feedback? Do they know how to ask for help? Do they know who to ask to help for? I would say that all these things kind of uh, come back and and really define what failure can kind of all mean. Uh, I failed so many times at, you know, at this point that I was even half expecting this Kickstarter to fail. But I knew that if I fail this time, the next one's just going to be successful for sure because it was a learning experience. It was an experience that I had. Uh, you know, you really uh, get almost failure cemented into your brain a lot more more so than even successes, because you're like, oh, what if it could have went right? What did I do wrong? I like taking failures in. I don't expect or, or, or want failures. I don't chase after failure. But I, I do understand and I, I do uh, embrace it and accept it when it happens uh, as just like another thing on my journey. Um, and it's not really a setback. It's just kind of like just part of the uphill battle and, you know, just the, the gradual climb.
1: The younger generation is looking at your work and they're becoming inspired to be creative in in their own way, I should say, whether it's as a content creator, video producer, all the creative stuff that you've done, and now as a writer for a comic book series, because it will be a series. How can they inspire the generation that follows them? Well, first, thank you for
0: saying they're inspired. I don't know how true that is, but I would say that what they have to start doing is kind of – taking their inspirations and, and, and realizing what exactly it was that inspired them. Uh, I remember back in in school for me, it was, uh, you know, seeing somebody, uh, attain something What was the highest level, you know, he was, a, you know, I remember the previous editor-in-chief of my school newspaper, you know, I was like, I kind of want to be, after seeing him speak one time, he was like giving a presentation. I was like, yeah, that's what I kind of want. You know, I kind of want to be that articulate. I kind of want to, be you know what he was able to do i kind of am inspired um by that and i kind of want to kind of not only keep the torch alive but uh, i kind of want to do that and and show again the next generation was possible so i think it's understanding what inspired you to begin with and 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 you know taking that and under understand, understanding that you have to be that to somebody else now to you know to, to, the, to the next kind of generation or new people that are rising up Gonna, and then you know then you kind of show them inspire them the same way that you were inspired because you know you kind of mirror you kind of mirror that uh, down and I think that's uh, that's kind of the way to do it you know and it's gonna be personal to everybody what kind of inspires them because it could be something they see it could be something it could be someone it could be it could be you know something that they want to do or something that they feel that uh, you know change them uh, for the better and you just have to kind of uh, you know be self-aware about all that transitioning that into taking kind of like actual steps and and reflecting that and in, in, in your in your in the way that you interact with with uh with people in the next generation
1: well you survived an interview on to geek talking thank you so much Ramon, for coming on the show i do greatly appreciate it thanks thanks for having me
0: absolutely and i know it was a little short notice um but you know sam I couldn't speak highly enough of you and that was like uh, I definitely want to to do uh, like all, almost all of these, you know, uh, to try to get, you know, my, my name out and the uh, book out as much as possible.
1: How can we support you? Where can we find you on social media? And where can we find the campaign to support the Kickstarter? That's what I meant to say.
0: <laughs> so, the best thing you can go to is my website armandnassim.com. Uh, it'll have you know all my projects and portfolios and links to all my videos and YouTube channels in there it'll also have this kickstarter but also just go to lostmagiccomic.com and this will always uh redirect to the latest um project on kickstarter for lost magic and right now we're currently uh in season one with eight days to go so just lostmagic.com and you can also find my socials uh, on my website uh, armandnasim.com so i'd say that's the best place to go
1: well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Greatly appreciate it. That ends this particular episode of Two Geeks Talking. You can, of course, find this interview and a thousand plus others on our website, tgtmedia.com or twogeekstalking.com. And of course, our YouTube channel, which is a little more updated than our website, unfortunately, is youtube.com forward slash TGTmedia. And as I say every week, everyone has a story to tell. It's up to me to help bring that out. Thanks for listening and watching on Two Geeks Talk.